0: hello inspiring automotive enthusiasts and welcome to cars yeah today i'm in arvada colorado with a very special guest by the name of brendan garst hey brendan welcome to cars yeah do you have any gear and are you ready to release the clutch
1: hey mark thank you so much for having me it's great to be here and you know it. i am ready to uh, put it in gear and drive the clutch let's do this
0: or lay some rubber down, as
1: they say. There we go.
0: Now, before we start, I always ask this question. What's one little thing that people don't know about you, Brendan?
1: Yeah, so for a car podcast, this one's fun. One thing a lot of people don't know about me who know me today is that I was actually not very interested in cars growing up. Uh, during uh, during high school, I uh, didn't start driving cars until 17 or 18, so I got my permit late. I thought my uh, my bike was adequate kind of thought that cars were a big waste of money so i was i was not a very fun high schooler
0: well hopefully we've changed you by now otherwise maybe our call is going to be really short
1: <laughs> no I, I think we've swung uh we've swung a little bit wide the other way we might have overcorrected there but hey who knows right
0: well, that's cool. Well, I was uh, first guy in line on the morning of my 16th birthday to get my license. So uh, you are a car guy now, and that's all that really matters. You know, some people come in a little later. I had a guest on recently who uh, her new career move in her mid-30s is in the car world, and she wasn't into cars at all before, but she's working at a an amazing place called Revs Institute, which is one of the best car collections in the country. So it's never too late to catch the car bug, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah, and I, uh, I've, I've definitely, uh, I've definitely got it pretty good at this point. I would say.
0: Well, I think so. Well, let me give you an introduction, and that will explain more. Brendan Garst is a Colorado car enthusiast, an old car apologist, and editor in chief of Shift Colorado Magazine. It's a digital publication built as a volunteer effort by himself and other like-minded enthusiasts from the Colorado Cars and Coffee Organization. The project started in 2022 and is now in its seventh quarterly issue. He enjoys co-leading one of the best groups of amateur car journalists around. Brendan is a rabid Audi enthusiast, especially for their older five-cylinder cars. That's pretty cool. Brendan spends his time working on the magazine, cars, and his accounting skills at his day job. His favorite car event is the Broadmoor Pikes Peak International Hill Climb, brought to you by Gran Turismo, of course, which he volunteers as a pit crew for his friends' teams each year. I've had many people who have gone up that hill and several uh, who have won, so there you go. We'll be back in just a minute, but first a word from our sponsors, so give them a little love, and we'll be right back. Buckle up. Are you ready to take charge of your financial future? then let me introduce you to Capitalize Your Finances. It's an online course designed to empower you with the knowledge and tools for mastering your money. This course will help you lay out the ins and outs of budgeting, the importance of emergency funds, investing strategies, and how to plan for a secure retirement. All this presented by financial planner, Chris Paniotu. Chris has developed this course to help you effectively navigate your world of finance with confidence. Stop stressing about money and start taking control. Enroll in Capitalize Your Finance online course today and pave your way to financial success. To learn more, go to CapitalizePodcast.com slash courses or better yet, go to the Cars yeah website show notes page for today's show and click on the link under Capitalize Your Finances. You'll be glad you did. Do it today. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. Hey, guess what? Some of you regular listeners will remember back in 2019, I created uh, 10, 11 shows called Cars Yeah TV, where I went to some fabulous locations of past Cars Yeah guests and we did a TV show about it. Well, they're up on the Cars Yeah YouTube channel. So go check it out at YouTube. Just type in Cars Yeah and the shows will be there for you to enjoy. I hope you have fun watching. So Brendan, we are back. So I'd love to talk more about what you're doing there shift colorado magazine and the cars and coffee because i connected with you and i'm glad to know a little bit more about this volunteer work that you're doing which has brought your passion for cars into your life i've had many people who have what i call as a little bit of a side job or a side hustle if you will in the car world but their main job is not so much in that circle but for many of them it's evolved into a full-time job. So maybe that's your direction, but touch first on what you do as your day job. And then we're going to talk about what you created there for Shift Colorado Magazine.
1: Sure. Yeah. So my uh, my day job, I actually uh, just started a, a new role with a company in town here. I am an accountant. I'm a specialized kind of accountant. It's a SEC reporting accountant. So I help companies write their quarterly and annual reports, so Form 10-K, Form 10-Q, a bunch of things you might read if maybe you were a shareholder or interested in becoming a shareholder. Yeah, I typically I typically work in-house, uh, working, working with a company, helping it kind of figure out how to report its uh, numbers and operations to folks.
0: I used to work in an advertising firm, and we did a lot of annual reports, and oh my gosh, I remember those days of... Getting those massive forms that they'd have to do and then constant changes with one little word here, one little word there, one little compliance issue there. And back in those days, I was like, why did they just do this one way and why do they keep changing words? And I think the word was attorneys.
1: And just just riveting reading, too. Right. It's, oh, uh, it's definitely yes. a page turner that'll keep you engaged from beginning to end.
0: Yeah. I Can not we put some pictures in here and all these charts and graphs? But it is about the money. So I understand what well, what well, cars. How did you transfer over into the car world to go from a guy that got his license maybe a year or two late to being fully engulfed in all your spare time in the car world?
1: Well, you know, uh cars kind of became a salient thing for me towards the end of uh end of college, I would say. When I went to college, I uh I drove a 1990 Canadian spec powder blue Toyota Camry LE, I think. I, I think it was an LE. Yeah, couldn't couldn't really have cared less about the car I was driving other than the fact that it had some wheels. <laughs> going through uh going through my my first job, I started in a career path that put me on an internship while I was still in college. You know, at the at the same time. I uh I, I was hanging out with a family friend who had just bought himself a uh, brand new at the time, two thousand two thousand five B seven. No, two thousand six, a B seven Audi A four. So the the Ooh. new one at the time. Um I remember just sitting in that thing going, Wow, this is really cool compared to kind of old faithful the camry. And so, uh, wanting to wanting to emulate that, I took kind of every penny I got from that internship and put it into a B6 Audi A4, which was similar but not congruent, as they say. And then proceeded to spend pretty much every penny of any dollar that I made through the rest of college maintaining said A4. And then, you know, something something about that experience made it stick. I, I don't know what it was, but you know, when I uh, when I graduated uh, college. Day or day after I graduated college, I went out and I bought my first uh, my first vintage car. I went out and bought an old 1987 Audi Coupe GT, which I still have to this day. Oh wow! So it was it was kind of some of that old that old uh, interest in older out that kind of fostered things along the way. And you know, from there, I, I think I've had almost 40 cars in 20 years of driving. So it's
0: <laughs> you played some catch up on the getting into the car world.
1: It's It's been aggressive, yeah.
0: Well, we'll talk about some of those Audis in a minute. I'd like to talk a little bit about what you do there, because you guys have, like many cities across the country, the Cars and Coffee organization, but you've also added a little task, and I say that tongue-in-cheek because... I worked in a catalog company for 20 years where we were putting out 17 books a year. Shift Colorado Magazine. So first and foremost, tell me about the Cars and Coffee, and then we'll migrate into what is the magazine all about?
1: Absolutely. So Colorado Cars and Coffee, it's a social media organization founded by a guy out here named Steve Clark. It does much the same thing as many of the other cars and coffee organizations out there and tracks the various kind of cars and coffee style car shows that are on the scene here in Colorado. It's grown from being a a relatively small organization. I think it was started somewhere in 2014 or 15. I'm a little fuzzier on the cars and coffee side. You know it's grown to a really vibrant community. we're reaching somewhere in the vicinity of about eighty five thousand Colorado car enthusiasts eighty
0: five thousand Wow
1: yeah, and that's that's over a mix of channels on uh, instagram uh, facebook other other various kind of social media platforms there
0: so it sounds like they took what was a casual gathering and kind of created a business around it
1: yeah it's what what Steve likes to tell people is it's a tracker because generally speaking cars and coffee itself. Doesn't really host all that many events, and I think the ones that we do host are typically actually magazine related so that's that's something that uh that we've kind of started since my project's pulled up but it's it's mainly a tracker for people to stay in the know on kind of what's going on in any given weekend or where uh, where kind of the next the next gathering's gonna be
0: well, it's cool, and I see on your website you've got a facebook page you've also got a YouTube page, but something caught my eye up in the corner scholarship what's that about
1: yeah so that's our uh that's our scholarship program so that's the uh the csm timothy Bolyard scholarship it's named after someone that we had on staff at shift colorado his name was uh preston Bolyard. um his father uh served overseas and uh unfortunately uh unfortunately his father was lost overseas so we uh we worked with him to found a scholarship in his name where uh, we're going to award two scholarships of a nominal dollar amount each year for people to pursue something in the automotive trades.
0: A nice way to remember him. Was he a car guy or?
1: Kind of both. I mean, more more Preston, his son, who, uh, who was a, uh, a photographer for us for many issues. And uh, I, I know that his dad also had kind of a an interest in vehicles. I, I don't know if it was quite as, as big as Preston's himself, but it's, it's just a way to honor his father and the sacrifice he made.
0: Ah, that's nice. Awesome. Let's get into the magazine. So what was the impetus to start a magazine? Because magazines are a lot of work.
1: Yeah, I found that out after the fact,
0: actually. <laughs> hey, this sounds, you know, I, I just had somebody on the show that started at a Concord, and he goes, you know, he's got a full-time job. He goes, I don't know who, why somebody didn't tell me how much work this was before I started. It's a major Concord in Miami. I mean, huge. So, uh, But I understand, because I used to work on many, many publications way back when. So wh- how did this start? Was it you saying, hey, this would be fun, or was there someone else involved?
1: Sure so actually the uh I'm going to say the idea that Stennis in motion is uh, an idea that came from Carson Coffee's founder uh, Steve Steve okay and uh he was uh he was going through kind of his daily routine and something something struck him at some point like hey why don't why don't we have a magazine mm-hmm. um which is an interesting thought to have at the time, I was volunteering for Cars and Coffee, doing some data entry work for their newsletter, but I've always been interested in writing. When I went through school, I had kind of a talent for writing, and I've always kind of fostered that. I enjoyed making kind of written long-form content, which I realize is a little bit of a dying art. But you know, when, when Steve mentioned that, hey, I had this idea, is there anyone out there who would like to kind of take this and run with it, I raised my hand, because at the time, I was... Uh, I was just helping convert uh, registrations to our newsletter into uh into data to actually get them kind of uploaded in the MailChimp. Sure. Um, so this this project's a little bit different and kind of from the start there, what we needed to do was just pick a platform to do our design work on, um, which was pretty interesting. Not knowing anything about the, uh, the design and layout field, definitely coming from an accounting background, not as much of a creative mm-hmm. as uh, as maybe someone who would start a project like that would be. Yeah, But, you know, luckily, having having that backing in that platform allowed us to do a couple of really cool things as soon as we had uh, picked a platform. And I can kind of number one being we got access to a lot of cool events and cool things and a really good role at of people to talk to pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a contact list like that's pretty hard to build up. And luckily, Steve had, you know, some really good ideas about people we could talk to, things that we could cover. And uh, number two was we were put in front of, you know, a giant group of people from which to source talent and source input from the folks who volunteered for Colorado Cars and Coffee was already a pretty big group at the time. I want to say about 20 people. And we just kind of scraped that group like, hey, do you have experience doing photography? Do you have experience doing layout work? Do you have any experience writing? And we put together kind of our preliminary team. I want to say it was about... Two and a half to three months from kind of the inception of the idea to putting out our first issue of the magazine. It's great. Yeah, we uh, we came out, I think, September 8th or 9th of 2022 with our first copy, which covers typically the three months prior to it. So we got to cover a lot of really cool things. You know, Pikes Peak Hill Climb was in there. Sorry, the, the Broadmoor Pikes Peak International Hill Climb brought to you by Gran Turismo. They <laughs> They like to get the full name in there. Of course, yeah. But yeah, I got to do Pikes Peak Hill Climb. And the third cool thing that we got to do with that was just put the call out to the denizens of our group as well and say, hey, does anyone have anything cool they want to contribute? You don't necessarily have to be on staff, but we can publish some of your work. You know, our first cover is actually a contribution by a guy named Joey Bertoni, who was a uh, a photographer at Pikes Peak and just got this beautiful shot of uh, the, the Acura SX on Pikes Peak. On the top section of the mountain during a practice, and the the sky is just like blowing out red color all over the place. It's just yeah, cool. gorgeous shot that he contributed to us,
0: yeah. Well, i saw in your publications because you can go to the website for you listeners and i'll put links to this and you can click on this and look at it really nicely done and you look at the large group of people who are contributing sounds like you've got a great group of very talented people and i'll say that uh you know your founder there steve is the master delegator because i reached out to him originally and he said oh you don't want to talk to me you want to talk to brendan here <laughs> so uh <laughs> he, he uh, he's good at uh at being the uh, delegator the leader so my hat's off to him uh, i I think that's pretty cool. When you think about what you're doing in in this car world, has there been somebody that's been a great inspiration for you, a mentor, or what I like to call a driving inspiration that you feel like has gotten you to the point you're at so far?
1: Yeah, you know, I I, I was thinking about this the other day. I was on another show and someone asked the same thing, and it kind of caught me off guard. Um, and the person that I think I would, uh, I would mention his name is, uh, Chris Alvarez. He was, uh, he was my friend during college that, uh, kind of was the one who, uh, he was, he was the one that I mentioned earlier who had gone out and just gotten himself an A4. He was, he was the one who I kind of credit for getting me into cars and recognizing, you know, that cars are a cool, fun thing to be enjoyed. Um, kind of breaking me out of that accounting mindset, which (laughs) has kind of enabled me from, from there forward to really enjoy the hobby quite a bit.
0: He's the one that stuck the needle into the vein. I see. I see.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a great way to put it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Influencer. I like that. Very good. Sometimes, well, it's good to have friends that uh, uh, peer pressure that peer that pressures you into good things uh, versus bad things. So
1: yeah, and you know, from there as well, I've I've had so many great supporters. You know, I'd, I'd call out Steve from Cars and Coffee. I would call out a couple of folks who've really taught me how to work on cars. I, I have two Audi shops that I, I frequently visit. Um, and, uh, that's, uh, Apical here in Arvada and all Out in VW in, uh, Commerce City. But they're, uh, they're folks who kind of convinced me to pick up the wrench and really pursue kind of learning how to work on the cars as well. They've just been wonderful enablers on getting me to not only, you know, drive the cars, but also try and work on them too. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the thing about the hobby is there's just so many good people. I, uh, it's, it's definitely one of the things that helps you get through the the tougher times in the car hobby, I'd say, is the, the people that help and support you along the way.
0: Oh, absolutely. I would imagine for this next question, which is if somebody listening has a cars and coffee group or any kind of automotive group or any group at all, and they'd love to do what you guys have done as far as an online magazine, how would you advise them? But I think you already answered the question, and that is surround yourself with talented people and ask for help.
1: I mean, I, I think that's a really great way to put it. You you can't do everything. Time is such a commodity. And you, you think about it, that's the one commodity you, you can't really do anything to get more of. Yep. Mm-hmm. So being able to lean on folks who, you know, maybe know something better than you or could teach you how to do something if you want to. An example is uh, I am not a photographer at all up until recently, all I've ever done is shot stuff that shows on my phone as kind of a fail safe in case we get a corrupt memory card on one of the photographer's cameras or just for whatever reason, the the photography that we schedule doesn't materialize. But, uh, I've always been really interested in learning to shoot photography. And recently, uh, a member of my staff helped me get into a camera and is, uh, putting me through some of my paces, teaching me how to use it. And that's an amazing thing, just being able to learn and grow from the folks around you and also to to be able to share back as well. It's a two-way street.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, there's so many uh, resources now online. YouTube is your friend. You learn all sorts of things about your specific camera too online. So a great resource for sure. What's been the biggest challenge with putting this magazine together for you?
1: I would say the greatest challenge for me is uh getting into kind of a creative mindset. It's real easy to do kind of some of the things that come well to me like writing. It's not so easy for me to do things that kind of have a visual touch like say layout of a a magazine or a catalog for example. So kind of learning learning how to take a look at things in my things in my surroundings and get inspiration from them or just developing that skill set of, hey, if I see something cool that I really like the design influence of, for example, like jot that down or take a picture of it, commit it to memory and find a way to find a way to be able to kind of incorporate some of the elements that make you like that. That's just not a that's not a way that I've been brought up to think. So it's it's such a challenge to be able to kind of think that way.
0: Well, it can be taught, it can be learned and you're proof of that so i think it's fantastic (laughs) yeah opening up a whole new world for yourself you spoke earlier about vehicles and you mentioned having over 40 cars uh throughout time with a slant towards audis is there one vehicle that stands out for you that you've had that you could share a story about
1: yeah you know i've uh I've got a love-hate relationship with it, and I'm going to call. I'm going to call out my 1981 DeLorean DMC-12.
0: Oh my goodness, we're going another another direction here.
1: We're going a different direction, but I mean to to back that up. I was born in 1986, and Back to the Future was a recent movie at that point. And as a toddler, I just watched that thing until the tape wore out. I, I think I had a uh, a T.K. VHS tape that my aunt had recorded off NBC, and I watched that tape until it broke. <laughs> I, uh, I had always wanted a DeLorean and kind of, even, even through the point where I thought cars were a waste of money, I still kind of, I'll admit, I kind of still wanted a DeLorean, you know, in 2013, I got to a point in my life where I was able to afford one and found one locally here in Denver, bought it and proceeded to just spend money hand over fist on that thing <laughs> until, uh, until the day that I sold it in 2020 and I've got a lot of good memories in that thing. I uh, I drove it up Pike's Peak where it got hailed on and totaled. Oh, no. The memory that I'm thinking of, though, is a really great memory with a friend of mine who helped me tremendously in learning how to work on the car, learning how to take care of some of the idiosyncrasies that are DeLorean only. Because you have a car that's just a, it's a backbone frame with a whole fiberglass body with the, the sandless over top. It's kind of a shell. My friend Matt Crabtree and I were actually on a way to on the way to a uh, DeLorean's only show called the DCS in 2016, we were, we were on the way to that show to get the hail damage worked out of my car. Cause uh, there's, there's one guy who does kind of dent removal on DeLorean's kind of famously. And he was going to be at that show and had agreed to uh, kind of work on my car at that show out there in Springfield, Illinois that year. So bit of a drive. Um, we were driving through uh rural Missouri and we, uh, me and Matt get pulled over. We've got, uh, we've got a friend with us in a third car. He's in a rental Mustang. And cops have no no interest in the Mustang at all. So we've just got the uh, the two DeLoreans pulled over here in Bevere, Missouri. <laughs> and we're getting checked out like six, six ways from Sunday. Uh, we're sitting in the car. We're sitting in our car for a bit. And then we each kind of separately got pulled out of our car to take a, take a stint sitting in the police cruiser. And we're sitting there wondering what's going on. We still never really figured out why we were there for so long, but our parting gift was a ticket for 87 miles an hour. Hmm. And what was funny about that, me and, uh, me and Matt met up back in front of the cars and he said, you know what? I didn't tell him was one more mile an hour and we wouldn't have been talking officer. <laughs>
0: very nice (laughs) i love it so
1: uh i've I've got that ticket framed up in my uh got that ticket framed up in my office here it's a it's a good memory of a car that was a lot of both good and bad memories it was it was a fun car to have it was also a good car to get rid of in the end um so (laughs) you know i i wrote an article about this one i in uh issue five i think i wrote about meeting your automotive heroes me and uh me and a guy who worked at a classic uh classic car restoration place down here and he was the optimist and I was the pessimist and the, the DeLorean was the the thing that I wrote about, but a lot of good times in that car. Yeah.
0: You have to go back and find a show that I did with a gentleman named Barry Wills. And it was gosh, back in the 400s, show 400s, I believe. And he worked for 50 years in the automotive industry. He was the longest-serving employee of DeLorean Motorcars.
1: Yeah, Barry was actually at that show. I've I've heard Barry speak many times. So you know about
0: him. Yeah, absolutely. So really fascinating story, the fact that he was there when the lights were turned on for the factory and when the lights were turned off. So, uh Pretty amazing story, for sure. So I'm going to be a car psychologist and crawl into your skull a little bit here. Brendan, if you were reincarnated as a vehicle, what would you be and why?
1: That's a great question. If I were to be reincarnated as a vehicle, I think that, you know, I think I'm I'm going to go with an older Camry. An older Camry? Why is that? I'm, I'm going to go with that Camry that I had in college, you know, a... Okay. Uh, the the way that I deal with things and the way that uh, I kind of work through things when when I have you know challenges or need to need to figure something out is by just keeping on keeping on and that's that's the one thing I kind of remember about my old Camry is that thing was invincible you know it was it it progressively got older and it showed the age like many of us do. But it never, uh, it never stopped kicking. I know that's not an exciting answer. It's just a, it's a good <laughs> analogy I can no, think of.
0: I appreciate that. It makes perfect sense to me. How about a great book? We love books here. Is there a book that you can recommend?
1: Ooh, a book that I can recommend. Uh, you know, that is a great question that I am not prepared for. <laughs> I don't uh, have an answer for. It's been a little it. while since I've sat down and read a book. Well, that can be. You know, I've been spending be. so much time doing writing.
0: Yeah, no I understand. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll answer the question for you. Instead of a book. I'd love that. How about a magazine called Shift Colorado Magazine?
1: Oh, you know that's uh <laughs> that's a good one, but I, it's it's one that's always improving and uh that's that's one that we're always putting effort into trying to make better for uh for everyone who reads us. Yeah. Boy, I missed that one. That was a great tee-up.
0: Well, I wanted to give you a good plug. See, I'm ever the marketer, always thinking about that. So <laughs> <laughs> that's my background. Yeah. So let's go on the ultimate drive before I let you go today. I'm going to park any car in the world in your driveway. Don't worry about the cost. You can take it for a drive, and you could take anybody with you, including somebody from the past that's no longer with us. So what's the ultimate drive look like?
1: You know, the uh, the ultimate drive, any car in the world or any people in the world... I would love to go for a drive sometime with my, uh, my entire staff from the magazine, you know, and I I I say this that I would love to actually drive one of my own cars that I currently have. It's uh unfortunately uh down with a uh, down with a need to get some work done, but uh I have a 1991 Nissan Skyline that I just adore. But, you know, ultimate drive would be going out for a drive on some of our mountain roads in Colorado with my whole staff with all of their car projects working flawlessly i mean let's throw that in there no one's got a single car issue everything works everything's nothing breaks down during the drive (laughs) um and just being able to go out and kind of enjoy some of the incredible driving roads we have in our state with kind of everyone from the staff which you know anytime you even get like two or three of us together we have an amazing time together but schedules being what they are and our staff always growing we've never really been able to have our whole staff in one place so that to me would be kind of the uh the ultimate drive i know that's uh that's maybe a little bit of a a little bit of a punt there but i i really truly feel that way
0: well i see we got aside from the german audi uh, vibe, a bit of a JDM vibe going on with you. So uh a lot of mentions of uh, Japanese cars today. So I like it uh, a,
1: a little bit. You know, I, I grew up in the Gran Turismo generation. Like every other car in that game was a Skyline, so I felt kind of obligated to. I got it,
0: understood. Lots of JDM fans here at Cars. Yeah. So before I let you go today, Brendan, could you leave us with some parting words of wisdom or inspiration?
1: Yeah, I mean, parting parting words of inspiration. I would just tell anyone kind of like you mentioned earlier in a in a situation where you're thinking about going out and doing a car project I would tell that person to go out and just do it even if you don't necessarily have the skill set that you think you need right off the bat you only get something done by doing it and you can spend so much time planning you can spend time trying to think about things but it's it's easy to get stuck in your own head and spend time you know ideating on something instead of going out and Figuring out what it takes to put the rubber to the road and make something happen. Shift Colorado is definitely a, definitely kind of a product of that thought processor mantra. You know, none of us had uh, written a magazine when we first started. Now we're six issues in, over 1,000 pages, if my math's right. Um,
0: well, your math better be right. Aren't you an accountant?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean... You're, you're supposed to be good with other people's numbers. Your numbers can be a little bit flexible. Yours can flexible. be a little
0: flexible. Okay.
1: Right. <laughs> All right. But,
0: I, I love it. <laughs> so basically what Nike says, just do it.
1: Just do it. Yeah.
0: How could people learn more about Shift Colorado Magazine?
1: Sure. Well, Shift Colorado Magazine has its own social media accounts. You can find us on Facebook at Shift Colorado as a page or Shift Colorado Magazine as a group. Uh, we're on Instagram at, at Shift Colorado Magazine. Um, we are also on LinkedIn at Shift Colorado Magazine, and you can also see us at, uh, or you can you can find out any of the above from us on the Colorado and Coffee stuff as well. And our uh, issues are kept on our website, which is www.shiftcoloradomagazine.com. Uh, we have six issues posted, currently working on our seventh, which is going to come out on March 8th.
0: There you go. I'll put links to all of these on Brendan's show notes page so you can find them and enjoy them in case you're doing something right now where you can't stop and write this down, just like all the inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Here on Cars. Yeah. Quick shout out to Steve Clark for introducing me to Brendan today, uh, the master delegator, as I said before. So, Steve, thank you very much. You were right. Brendan's been great. Brendan, I want to thank you for being so generous with your time and sharing your story. Very inspirational. This shift you've made. I love it. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road.
1: Awesome. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. If you're listening to this program, there's a pretty good chance you believe what I believe, that the collector vehicles we love are more than just a means of getting from one place to the other. They're a part of our culture, our identity, and as a people, they bring us together at vintage races, classic car auctions, and thousand mile rallies. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these important vehicles aren't lost to time. RPM stands for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship. And their goal is to inspire the next generation of vehicle restoration professionals through its outreach programs. And they include Shop Hop, Off to the Races, the RPM of Future Class, and many others. These programs engage talented young people across the country and connect them with mentors and a variety of opportunities in the industry. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of collector vehicles, skilled trade, visit rpm.foundation today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to carsyeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun.